Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, now that the Bucks are 2-0, what's the over-under on their win total? And what's the real reason behind the Bucks' offensive search? What moves will the Rays make this offseason? And if they make the playoffs... Do you think they're a legitimate World Series contender? Your mailbag questions answered correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get started on this podcast, hey, if you want to bling out like Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you want to go balling on a budget, well, Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds wants you to have the best time ever when shopping for, at Continental. So from our, our listeners only... Andy is offering a limited time, 20% off on all jewelry prices. So whether you seek a statement piece like a gorgeous diamond necklace or you're on a quest to find the perfect engagement ring, Andy will give you his undivided attention. Come into Continental Wholesale Diamonds today and score big with 20% off on all your jewelry prices. That's right, 20% off on all jewelry purchases. It's where I shop. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard. Sweet 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. All right, Steve, so we have a lot of good questions today about the Bucks. Obviously, their hot start, 2-0. They play Monday night football. It's going to be exciting against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got the Monday night crew in town, including Booger McFarlane, by the way, which I uh, will be writing about here shortly, so you want to stay tuned for that. But plenty of good questions tonight on the Bucks and the Rays and, of course, the Lightning. And uh, the Rays, as we tape this podcast, are winning again, but they're – Unfortunately, just uh, the Oakland A's just barely squeaked by. <laughs> yeah, so the Oakland plays a day game this afternoon, and I logged on the, the, the web at about – it was the third inning, and it was one nothing Angels, and I'm like, hey, maybe the Angels will help the Rays out tonight. Yeah, yeah. A couple hours later, I checked back, and the A's win 21-3. to <laughs> Really? Yeah. 21-3. to How'd they give up the field goal? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> must have been a John Gruden thing when he had to have that field goal before he got out of town. That's yeah. – that's, man, I'm telling you. It's really a shame, and we'll talk. Maybe one night we'll do this. Just this whole um, how we could make baseball better because John Smoltz had some ideas, but it is it is kind of a shame because Oakland is is I think going to make the playoffs. Tampa Bay will not, and yet they'll wind up with maybe in excess of ninety wins. And you know, in in other divisions, of course, they'd be they'd be leading it or tied or you know definitely in a better position. But um, I, I I would love to see. I would love to see a way to get the teams with the best records or had the ones that had the best year in the playoffs or maybe, as Smoltz suggested, first half, second half, because if you went by that, then the Rays would be, you know, would be uh, in, in good good position for a second half. Playoff, as we uh, tape run. this, as we tape this, there's only six teams in baseball with more wins than the Rays. Gosh. Yeah. And see that that's that's the problem. You just identified it right there. How can you be one of the top seven teams in, in Major League Baseball, especially considering that you play in the American League and you play in the American League East, which is arguably the toughest division. The reason why they're not in the wild card um, is is part and parcel because the Red Sox and the Yankees kind of ran away from everybody. Um, so I don't know. But it's it's been exciting to watch. Look, this is a, such a good ball club. Um, 
it, it's it, you know every night you sit down and they got behind two to nothing um you know on thursday night and then they come right back and post a bunch of runs and you know have some shutdown innings with their pitching i mean just doing everything right it's been it's it's really enjoyable when to turn to turn on the TV or or go to the trap and know that you know what they're probably going to win again. Yeah, I mean every I mean heck the way they've been playing of late it, they practically win every game at this point. They so, do, um, they really do. It's, they're going to be twenty games over five hundred. Yep, they're 20, up eight to two in the ninth inning right now. So yeah, yeah tonight will be twenty games, games over, over five hundred. I mean that. You say that about any year, you take it and take it now. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, that but they just, started four and thirteen, nine games under five hundred after seventeen right. games. So they've been right. playing twenty nine games above five hundred since then. That's just, I mean, that's that's just balling, man. That there's no other, and and to think that you have, you know, one really legitimate starter that's going to wind up winning twenty one, twenty two games or something like that, and then the rest of it has kind of been, you know, piecemeal as they've gone along. Um, I don't know. I I love baseball, and I've enjoyed the Rays. This has been one of the most enjoyable seasons to watch to watch them play, and it's it really is a shame. It's it's going to probably end. You know, before the uh, before the postseason, but we do have raised questions. We got Bucks questions. We got some Lightning questions. So let's get the mailbag started. All right, we'll start with the Bucks. And Les asked, now that the Bucks are two and zero, what would you put their over under win total at? He's thinking ten and a half. Wow, that's kind of high. Because um, if you're talking about over under, I think it would be lower than that. The over under, I think, in Vegas was uh, I, I want to say it was around six wins. I think yeah, six, six and um, a half, something like that. At the yeah, start of the some, somewhere north, just north of six, so somewhere between six and seven. So you know, at that time, I would have taken the over, maybe higher than six, or maybe I, I was thinking. I think I had them at eight and eight um, when I had to make my prediction, and you know, no one was counting on a two and zero oh start. I don't think when I say no one, I wasn't certainly. So if you if you adjust for that and you adjust for the fact that um, you know Fitzpatrick's playing so well, um, Jameis is coming back now soon, so they'll have him available if, if they want to go that route. I would say that the under over now is eight games because I'm going to take those two games and just play the rest of the season. I'm going to say it's eight games, and in that case, I I don't know why, but I think I'm going to take the over. I think I think they could win nine games now. I think it's you know you're talking about winning, you know, seven of of the next fourteen. So if you play, if you play five hundred football from here on out, right, you're mm-hmm. nine and seven. Yes. So I'm going to say they'll do that and probably exceed it. But I would take the over if if uh, eight games. To me, I would set the over under at eight, and then I would take the over. I think if the offensive line continues to play the way they've played. I think there's a good chance they could win nine or ten games. Mm-hmm. But I agree. A caveat to that is if they can't find a running game, yeah, then I I think at some point it's going to be we'll dare you to run. We're gonna we're gonna shut down your passing game, mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough to win. I mean they've got to find either you know more out of Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones needs to finally play. finally play <laughs> and and do whatever it takes in practice and that to to you know. Yeah where they can't keep him out of the lineup. He's not playing because he doesn't do special teams, which is why you know he's not on the roster at this point, the active roster. He's got to figure yeah. out how to make himself so electric that they can't, they can't keep him out. Right. Um, and then you know, most second-round draft picks, uh, you know, especially at running back, are, are, are you know, playing uh, at minimum, but he is not. I think there's a chance maybe he plays this week. I mean, with Brent Grimes coming back, um, you know, just depend, but uh, – that's one less defensive back that they'll have to dress. So there's a chance that they could get Ronald Jones. I, you know, with the running game, like, 
Barber's had some breakout runs. He had like a 20-something yard run, a nine-yard mm-hmm. run. Um, the problem is is that they've run away from teams. And so even though they haven't been good in the running game, when, when they do commit to it late in games to try to run clock, then everybody – it's kind of a skewed vision because yeah. everybody's just selling out to get the ball back and they know they're trying to eat the clock. So I'd like to see, you know, in a balance they, – they do need balance and I guess they're blaming the offensive line for some mental errors or whatnot. Um, look, I, I like Peyton Barber. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a between-the-tackles, push-the-pile guy. There hadn't been many holes for him when he's, you know, late in games especially. But I still think you've got to get Ronald Jones on the field. I mean, you have to find a way – to take this guy who you know is explosive, and if you get him in space, he hasn't forgotten how to how to run, you know, to the end zone. You have to find a way to get the ball to him and, and put him in positions where he can succeed. And you know, no matter what happened in the preseason, you know, and, and obviously there's certain downs you can't play him on when maybe you're not comfortable in pass protection stuff like that. But you know, the guy knows how to run the football. I mean, he's playing behind, you know, some guys that aren't even in the league anymore when he was trying to run in the preseason. So. Somehow they got to get Ronald Jones back involved. I think he's going to spark their running game um, because right now, I mean, it's just, you know, no one's complaining because they're bombing away. So it's not a thing. But you're right. It will become a thing because at some point someone's going to stop them from throwing the ball over their head for sure. All right. Ellis asks, he says, I think you've mentioned it before, but how much of the recent offensive magic can be attributed to the O-line protection and how impactful has was the Jensen signing looking back now? Well, it looks pretty good now. I would say that, um, you know, all pass plays begin with protection. I mean, it, it really, truly doesn't matter who's back there. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, any of them. Peyton Manning in his prime, even, even you know, a guy that can move a little bit. If you can't protect the quarterback, the whole play breaks down. So um, they've been much better. And, you know, where they got better was important, too, because – you know, when you when you put a big body like Jensen right in front and you're able to move Marpet, who's played as good a football as I've ever seen him play, uh, and then you have Caleb Benenocht or Evan Smith inside, it allows, if you can keep the guy, if you can keep, you know, his feet clean, keep people off of him, it allows the quarterback to step up. Even if the tackles, as long as they don't allow an inside pressure, if the tackles can push those guys around to the outside, the quarterback can at least step up and have a clean pocket. And I think that's what you're seeing you know, with Fitz is that he's able to get the ball off. He's not rolling out, trying to buy time very much. Um, so there's not much There's not much pressure. There's not much, um, you know, mistakes where guys are coming free inside. And, and you got to credit Jensen because he's the new addition. Him and him and Allie moving to left guard I think is really helping. Allie and Donovan know each other very well. And it's the first time he's played on his side, but they seem to be working very good in concert, especially with Donovan kind of nicked up. So I think it's a big, big reason for it. There's other reasons, too. I mean, we'll never be able to prove this, but, I mean, they, you know, Jameis would be having a pretty good start to the season, I think, um, just because those receivers, I mean, you've got established guys in Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson who is just off to a really hot, hot start. And Deshaun is capable of doing this. He's done it with other teams. But then it's the improvement of Godwin and OJ. I mean, that, that the improvement of those two players has enabled – um, you know, Mike to get some looks even in the red zone, you know, where he's not constantly doubled. Um, you know, obviously Deshaun has gotten off. And then and then, then you see one-on-ones, you know, on occasion with Godwin and OJ, and OJ takes it, you know, 75 yards. So, I mean, it's it's the combination of, of established stars like those two guys and then 
really the first to second year improvement of OJ and Godwin has been huge. Well, speaking of Godwin, behind the curve asked, how good is Godwin in terms of career comps? He also asked, when will the bench Rojo stuff end? Ronald Jones, that is. Yeah, um, I th- I think there's a chance it could be this week. Although I we haven't, you know, Dirk's not going to be the last one to tell us who he's actually going to play or who's up or who's down. I'm just looking at, you know, the stated reason really for for Ronald Jones as much as anything being down was they had injuries at defensive back and you know they did lose Hargraves and that didn't help. But with Grimes out, you know that that they needed an extra body there. I could see, you know, I mean I, I could see them using one less defensive back uh, and, and putting Ronald up. So I, I would say this week is, is probably the earliest. And what was the first part of the other question again? How good is Chris Godwin in terms of career comps? Um, Chris Godwin, I think, will at one point – now he doesn't – you know, he's not a burner. He runs really well, but um, he's more Mike Evans, you know, Strider type guy. But I think Chris Evans will be a number one receiver in this league. I, I, I think he's that good. His hands are great. He runs routes. He just – you know, some players just get it, and some players don't settle for what you know they're kind of shoehorned to be. Um, he he was you know a third round pick. He's a fairly high pick, but uh, he's going to exceed where he was drafted, and and um, just just you know on the right team, um, you know I mean he, he should be the bookend receiver with Evans for what three three more years or so, two or three more years, and then then we'll see if he goes someplace else. But I think I think the sky's the limit for Godwin. Godwin has. The, the perfect makeup, toughness, red zone ability, can run away from people, good in space, good blocker. I mean, he's the complete, he's the complete receiver. So uh, I think he has a chance to be a number one in this league. All right. Jerry asked, how well did Jordan Whitehead play in his debut on Sunday? He seemed to pop when watching on TV. And with Grimes back, what does the starting defensive backfield look like? Well, Grimes obviously is going to start, and um, then I, I would think that you're going to have Carlton Davis playing on the opposite side. Now, they may – Ryan Smith has had played his best game of his career um, the other day, and everyone has said that. Now, I, you know, you could say, well, what was his previous best game? But um, he actually did play very, very well. So you could see – I could see a scenario where they rotate, you know, Davis and, uh, and, and Smith, um, you know, at times just to give them both looks. And then in the slot, I think you're going to see MJ Stewart again play inside. He did a pretty good job. You know, Whitehead went in for Chris Conte, who who hurt his knee. And we saw Chris Conte today at practice. I think he was limited, I want to say. Um, but, you know, he had, he had some rap, rapage on that leg. But um, Whitehead came in and had some, had some mistakes in coverage, but – he did have some big tackles too. I mean, he's, he's a you know he he brings it. I mean, he if he comes downhill at you, you're gonna know it. Doesn't look like the biggest guy in the world, but you know he played fast. And um, there's a chance just based on you know how Conte feels that you'll see Whitehead quite a bit. So they've got three rookies this year that are gonna play a whole heck of a lot. We've already seen Davis and MJ Stewart. We saw Jordan Whitehead last week. So you're gonna see an awful lot of those guys. And I thought they got much better from week one to week two. Now, you know, it might have helped that maybe, you know, Drew Brees wasn't throwing at you, but still in all, they didn't seem too overwhelmed. I, I think I think the game slowed down a little bit for him, and there's so much speed in the regular season and, and, you know, in that dome and all that was going on. So I thought they fought back really good. All right, we got several questions on this one, but B asked, will Vea play Monday night or will they spend the next few weeks getting him into football shape and have him play after the bye? 
You know, I asked Mike Smith if if Vea is able to practice this week, if they could come up with you know a number of plays, um, and I don't know what that number would be, but could could actually use him to be in a rotation. You know, um, may not start, but obviously you play a lot of guys, and, and last week they weren't able to do that. You know, in that hot hot day, because Bo Allen got hurt, and that's a factor in all this too. Um, you had guys like, you know, Gerald McCoy playing 60 snaps. You had Vinnie Curry playing 65. You had, uh, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul play a whole bunch. So, uh, you know, that's not what they want to do. What they want is a rotation. And so if Bo Allen's out, that, that means they're one down at the defensive tackle position and you start using guys like William Golston in there. So I I think that if Vea, even though, you know, he's not in football shape, that's true, but – you know, you're not asking him to play a full game. So he can go in there and get off the ball, and teams are not going to be able to block him with one guy because he'll push, he'll push the pocket too far. So at minimum, it makes them use resources towards Vias side, which means, okay, you're going to double him and Gerald. Okay, then somebody out, then your outside guy's got one-on-ones. So I see him playing this week if he can get through practice. You know, they say he's in good, you know, cardio shape. Um, he's in full pads today. It was really hot. If he gets through practice and doesn't have any problems with that calf, I actually think he'll be up. All right. Steven asks, should Tampa make a run at Le'Veon Bell? Would something like a first rounder in Cameron Braid intrigue the Steelers enough or a draft pick in Jameis since Big Ben's probably not returning after this year? <laughs> well, I don't know what they'd probably be thrilled to get Jameis for Le'Veon. I don't know. No, they've said they're not going to trade Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a, transcending type running back it and I don't you know they're in a bad place with him because he didn't come in he didn't sign the franchise tender it's it's likely he'll miss he'll have to miss at least eight weeks and then we'll see after that but you know you don't want to get in this business of 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 guys dictating terms and your best players being able to force things like that and so I mean I really don't think it's realistic would it be nice if the Bucks had a guy like Le'Veon well Maybe, but he's going to ask for he, he's going to get so much money at the running back position. We know it's a high injury position. It, it's just it doesn't strike me as as a great investment. You know, I, I really believe you should draft running backs every year. Um, and to me, they're kind of an unlimited resource in a way. But um, I don't know. I to answer your question, I do not see them trading for Le'Veon Bell. I don't know that he's the missing piece, but I really don't see. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers giving them up. That's that's probably more importantly. All right, John asks, is there any way Jameis doesn't settle the Uber civil case out of court? This has got to stop. Nobody needs this story now. I would agree with all of that, and unfortunately, this this should have never uh, been filed, and, and I don't think it would have. I don't think John Clune, in fact, I know he didn't plan on filing uh, a lawsuit because he didn't think it was necessary. Look, they, they moved the deadline in, in both sides, both Jameis' attorneys and uh, Clune that represents uh, the Uber driver. Um, you know, the statute of limitations was coming up, so they both had to agree to extend it, and they've extended it three or four times since, like, March when it would have been up. And they did that because they believed that, you know, once the suspension was handed down and they knew what it was, then they could move on to the civil litigation and, you know, they'd have a, a – and Jameis wanted to hire an agent, and so they waited for that. Uh, and then, somewhat unexpectedly, 
from what I understand, Jameis's dad called and fired his attorneys. So <laughs> now he's supposedly going to get more representation. But when that occurred, then, you know, with, with you know, statute of limitations approaching and just the, the overall frustration of the situation, that's when that's when they decided to file the civil suit. And so, yes, all that stuff gets gets back in the newspapers, gets back in the media. No new details, really, but just the same salacious stuff that, you know, uh, Jameis or no one else really needs to read right now. And it happens, you know, essentially the week before he's supposed to return to the team. It, again, I see so many of these unforced errors. I mean, it's clear to me since the NFL did an eight-month investigation and found that her complaint was credible and that he did you know, essentially do what she said he did, um, I don't know that he'd be successful in a civil case where the burden of proof is not reasonable doubt. It's very less than that. So I can't imagine he would go to court. He didn't do it with Erica Kinsman. He did, you know, they, they reached an agreement. So an agreement will be reached. And, and, and like I said, they were headed, you know, to mediation. And unfortunately, you know, the attorneys were let go. And, and so they felt they had no other recourse. So yeah, this was, this was handled poorly, I think, again, and I don't think Winston benefited from it at all. Darren asks, realistically, can you name me a few teams that would go after Winston if offered up in a trade after the year? This is not meant as a slam, but I really can't think of one other than the Bucks that would want him, even though I know there would be one. Well, it's a great question, and what happens is you, you've got a lot of teams that draft young quarterbacks that you know would probably want to see their guys develop. I mean, we're you know sitting here watching Baker Mayfield you know, sling it around right now. Uh, so you say, well, the Cleveland Browns are, and then the, the Jets just got Sam Darnold, and, you know, everybody seems to have someone, right? Um, but then you look at a team like the New York Giants, right, with Eli Manning, somebody that's uh, definitely in the last couple legs of their career. I mean, there are some iconic, you know, quarterbacks. Pittsburgh Steelers, the team they're playing, you know, on Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really no one that's, you know, coming up behind Ben. Chargers and, and, and Philip Rivers? The Chargers and Philip Rivers. So, you, you know, you at this point, I think, you, you know, you don't look necessarily at the bottom feeders that have young quarterbacks, but look at, you know, how about the Raiders? I'll tell you what, man, I'm not sure about this Derek Carr, you know what I mean? I might want a Jameis Winston if it's up to me, man. What about someone so like a lot of, what about someone like the Jaguars who might think Winston's an upgrade over Bortles? Uh, that's true too. Yeah, you could have a team that's already you've made got the an elite AFC defense. You've got sure the weapons around. Yeah, I mean it's it's really you know I've read this thing before and I don't know if it's Pro Football Focus or maybe it was uh, uh, maybe it was Pro Football Talk. Maybe it was that you know uh, them that, that wrote last year I think at some point that you know if Jameis were we're out there right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nobody would, uh, nobody would trade for him. He'd become a free agent because there's really no, there's no starting job for him. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe at the time when you're playing young guys, but it's it's ridiculous to me to think that there wouldn't be what. I mean, every year, twelve teams make the playoffs, and everybody else hates their quarterback. So I I would I got to believe there'd be ten teams lining up, you know, to be over the moon to have Jameis Winston, who's already, you know, it, here's the thing: you're getting a guy that's got three or four years. He'd have four years experience. And you you know you don't have to go through the the growing pains that Tampa Bay's already already done. That's why this whole you know this this whole Fitzmagic run is so intriguing to me because you know w- what are they going to do? They're not you know people think people actually think that they're not going to have Jameis back next year, and I'm here to tell you they are. Now you know if it's, if it's a 21 million dollar club option that he plays for or if he you know re-signs a more long-term deal um but it's just weird to me that you know we're in this situation because of how great and i mean great you know fitzpatrick has played and yet people are actually questioning whether Jameis will even be here in 2019 well gator dave asks will Jameis be the bucks quarterback in five years oof wow um The odds are not good, and and I'll say that from just organizationally that, you know, they've never had a quarterback make it to a second contract, and this is why. The sort of thing you're seeing now, um, you know, you, you have so many coaches, so much turnover. The Bucks are one of those teams that, you know, change the coach, change the quarterback, and let's say Dirk Cutter doesn't win enough games this year, and the decision is going to be to hire a new GM or maybe hire a new coach. And depending on what the Glazers want, whoever they hire is going to have like one year to decide, are we going to make Jameis work? No, I want my own guys. There's so much turnover in this league that if the Bucks lose the continuity of coaching and or GM, I think there's a better than average chance that Jameis does not finish his career in Tampa, that somebody will come in and want their own guy. And because of that, I would say, I would say trending down that the odds are probably not in his favor that he will he will be their quarterback in five years. Now, that should not have been the case, but then you mix in the off-field situations. You know, he's one mistake away from being suspended indefinitely. There's a lot of a lot of reasons why you would not take that bet that he would be here in five years. All right, one more Bucks question. Les asks, what is Vernon Hargrave's contract situation? Wouldn't the Bucks have to pick up his option before draft next year? At probably around thirteen million, I don't think that's likely to happen. Would the Bucks consider a long-term deal with him, or would next year probably be his last year? Um, they do have uh, an option. Let's see. Now Vernon's played. This would be his what fourth year, third year. This would be his third year. So he's one more year. He's a first-round pick. So they have a fifth-year option. So he's on the team next season, I believe, because this yeah, this that is that his, would be his fourth. His, his fourth year will be next year. And then they can decide on the fifth-year option. And really, it's like I said, it's guaranteed only against injury. So as long as not, you know, here's a guy, you know, that's going to miss maybe the whole season with an injury. So that's certainly a factor. They they'd want to see him play a full season healthy because he missed seven games, you know, in 2017 with a hamstring. He's going to wind up missing 15 games this year, probably with a shoulder injury. Um, but you would you would definitely have him back next year, see if he can get well. And and then you just have to decide: Am I willing to put you know fourteen million out there uh, and guarantee it against him getting hurt? So um, I think I think it's a wait and see thing. I, it's too bad because 
let me just say this. Vernon Hargraves was playing really good football. Now, he only played one regular season game, but before that he had taken on the burden of two positions and was, was really uh, playing him well. He was accountable. He owned up to his mistakes. I thought he was going to have a really good year, and he made he made a hell of a play on the play that he got hurt, you know, um, not to mention I believe he uh, he forced the fumble that was returned mm-hmm. for a touchdown. He did. So he was making plays. It's just too bad that uh, that, that had to happen. So – I'm kind of rooting for Vernon. I mean, I think he turned a corner, and it's unfortunate he didn't get to build on it beyond one game. But uh, if he comes back with that same attitude and and does what he did in training camp a year from now, he'll be fine. All right, we're going to switch to the Rays now. And as we tape this podcast, we mentioned earlier the Rays were up 8-2. to two. It's now 8-8 eight to eight in the ninth inning. Oh, jeez. Jamie Schultz giving up uh, four runs, and then Romo gave what up a loop heck? and a blast. Wow. It's now 8-8 eight to eight in the ninth inning. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Rays just lost. Oh, no. The season's over. And I was, just, I was just going to point out. That, that may end the playoff run. I was just going to point out. What a disastrous that loss that was. The Yankees were losing to the Red Sox tonight. Right. And while the Rays were five and a half behind the A's, they were seven behind the Yankees. But you had four games remaining with the Yankees. Right. which and, and the Yankees still had a series at Boston to end the season. You know, that's the kind of knockout loss that, that, that you come to the park the next day and go, oh, man, this is, this is tragic. Like, we just blew this. Yeah, Justin Smoke, a walk-off home run. Bottom of the ninth. Off Eight Roma. to four lead. Eight to two. Eight to two lead. Yeah, Schultz gave can up I say, four runs. Can I say something? Jamie, Sh- three. Jamie Schultz, to me, he's always struggled with his control. He's been horrific this year. Mm-hmm. Anytime they've had him up, you know, it's just too – for whatever reason, it's just too big for him. He can't throw strikes. And, you know, and Romo, I mean, shouldn't have been in the ball game. probably figured he wasn't going to be. He's very capable of giving up that blast. But, oh, that's a, that, that one stings, so You're now six that and a stings. half behind the A's. That's over. And you're going to be eight games behind the Yankees, I believe. Yeah, it's over. You're six games in the loss column now, too, I believe. Uh, yeah, let me double check the standings here to be certain. That's yeah, it's going to be six and a half, six games in the lost column. The Yankees, uh, you're going to be eight games back and eight games in the lost column. Now you have four games against so them, mad- which means you know you you can control four games of that eight. Yeah, it would have been better. It would have been better if you were seven back. It would have been better if you won and were seven back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a bad loss Man, by the race. That's, that's a, yeah, that's tragic. To to blow a lead like that is just that's not good. All right. Well, we'll get to some race questions here. And we'll start with Buck Magic, who asked, if the Rays make the playoffs, may have got hurt tonight, but I would say they're legitimate World Series contenders with the adversity they faced and how well they're playing. What do you think? Had they made the playoffs, if they were to make the playoffs, I would say yes, because um that means they would have been really hot at the end of the season with a lot of wind in their sails, a lot of momentum, unexpected team. Nobody would want to play them. Um, the fact the fact that they've navigated this sort of opener thing. I mean, you've had you've had you've had in a one game playoff if they're a wild card team. Obviously, Snell would be there, and he's been on he's been unbeatable. Uh, and then you know you, you shorten the game. I mean, you're going to see teams do that in the postseason anyway. You probably see the Yankees and the, and the Red Sox do it too. Um, you know, you get through three or four innings, and then you're going to empty the bullpen anyway, and they've been doing that all year with the openers and and things like that. And and you know they play good defense. 
thing about postseason baseball is good hitting in or good pitching and defense stops good hitting. So, you know, these teams that bash, I mean, I know, you know, the, the Astros probably bashed their way to a World Series, but they also had, you know, four really great pitchers to throw at you, um, including Justin Verlander. So, you know, I, I think the Rays would have been a very formidable team if they got in the postseason. Even right now, I think that would be the case. All right, Steven and Sam both had questions about next season with the Rays. And it basically goes, considering how well they played this season, what two additions could the Rays make in the offseason that would put them over the top? Could be specific players or just positions. I mean, there's not really a lot of positions open. You know, as, as you look at this team, and they have a lot of guys that can play multiple spots. And so, you know, I mean, it's going to be hard to, to knock people out. I you think know? you're looking for a closer. Oh, you definitely need pitching. I mean, you could use and, another and starter. I, I think another mid-level closer. starter. A mid-level, you know, a number three starter. Yeah. Right. That's not going to cost you too much, but, you know, somebody right. that's going to eat some innings there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of what you had hoped, for, especially for next year with Bonda, Honeywell, and De Leon, they're not going to be back till 2020. Maybe right. maybe late 19, of, you know, yeah. second half. But, I mean, you're not going to, you know, definitely the first half of the season they're not there. Right. But you figure Romos may not be here. You figure, um, you know. Well, I yeah, think even need... if you bring Romo back, I would still like to see a closer. I think if you're going to spend money somewhere, that may be where you spend the money. Right. And then you got Romo as a guy that could either open or be in high leverage situations in the middle of the game, you know, if you want to bring him back. And, and I still curious. think you're grooming either Alvarado or Castillo. Um, sure, to towards a closer yeah. role. I mean, you know that they've got the stuff that could do that, but I don't. I don't know if they trust them enough yet to put them in that situation consistently. Yeah, I'm curious if like a guy like C.J. Crone's going to be here. If they if they're going to come up with a D.H. Well, I think I think you know um, I don't position. think you're going to see both Crone and Choi here. So I think right. you're going to see one, not both. You might not see either, but I, at, at, at best case, I think you're only going to see one of those because they basically are base, both playing the same position, D.H. Crone will play a little bit of first base. Choi hasn't right. played the field yet. Right, right. Uh, those are good. Those are good spots. I mean, you know, again, it, I I love. I mean, I love the fact that they have so many uh, players. You know, plugged in. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Tommy Fan Fam. You know, I mean, all those guys. Yep. They've they've all established themselves, and really, they they brought up some people. They brought up Meadows. Yeah, you Austin know. Meadows um, made his debut. He pinch hit in the ninth inning today. But the problem with like take a guy like Austin Meadows who's a great, great prospect, right? Where's he gonna play? You know. Well, I think next next DH. year your next year your outfield is Fam, Kiermaier, Meadows, and Malik is your fourth. Okay, so then then that means that you know Jake Bowers has to be your first baseman. Well, I think he will be next year. Mm-hmm. I don't. That means Crone. That means Crone's not gonna be on the team. Well, I, either that or he's a full time DH essentially, and you know he spells he's just a right handed. Well, right-handed and he, you know whenever Jake needs a day off, he's he plays first. Yeah, or you know they keep Choi as the DH and Chrome's so gone. Choi's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now That's that I think now that they got Fam and Meadows, you, you know, I think they they feel their outfield's pretty. They have their four outfielders. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I love I love Fam. This mm-hmm. guy has been playing with a, a, a jacked up uh, finger. Uh, he's got like I think he's got like hamstring issues. He plays hurt, and he's been going out there every day and and just mashing. You he kind of plays with a chip hit. on his shoulder. He's got a little attitude. He to does, him, yeah. He which does. I like. He's got a little, he's got a little Josie Baptista in him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little salty. Yeah, like he's always mad about something, which is cool. I like that. Yeah, 
And you know he wasn't happy being traded from the Cardinals, so he's trying to show them up too. Which you he's never a prove it, guy. Yeah. yeah, you never you never have a problem with that because he had a problem with the way the Cardinals treated him too. He thought he should have been called up sooner. Right. Kind of always right. plays with a chip on his shoulder. So. Yeah, I like him. I think he was a perfect addition for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think their outfield. I you know, barring a move, um, you know, I think they think their four outfielders are going to be, you know, Fam, Kiermaier, Meadows, and Smith. Makes and then, sense. you know, Although, and then a, a, a Lau, a Daniel Robertson, a Wendell or, or Bowers could go to the outfield if you needed to, as they love their versatility just, at times. Or, you know, yeah. if a pitcher's going to play first base again, you know, Bowers and slides to the outfield for a batter or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, you under over on number of games Kiermaier will play next season. Well, that's another good question. <laughs> Guys, average. Uh, there, there was an interesting piece on, uh, I think Tommy Ransel wrote it. I don't remember where it was a couple of weeks ago saying that the Rays should get rid of Kiermaier and make Malik Smith their center fielder. I don't, I'm not in favor of that because Malik's is – it's the Malik's effect out there. Well, He's, well, it's basically saying his offense is good enough to overcome is the good, defensive liabilities. Yeah, to and I, I disagree with that. It's I, not. I, I'm not – you know, it's, it's in, in, Tommy's really into the advanced statistics and metrics and all that. But but then if you go if you go to war, yep. then Kiermaier's got it. Right. Well, but part of it also is Kiermaier, you know, plays half seasons. That's true. But when he's in, they win. <laughs> but, you so. know, I mean, you know, another position they could look at, and Malik's is one maybe they could trade, too. If if he batted 300 this season, they may think that's as good as it's going to get, and they may, they may you know, be able to trade him for another piece, too. You never know how they work. But a catcher's yeah. another one. They could bring – I mean, I know they like Perez, they like Shufo, but they could bring in a veteran catcher to kind of be – to help the young catchers and maybe Shufo goes back to AAA for a little bit next year. That's another mm-hmm. position they could look at. Yep, I agree that you know always use more catching and and uh, and find a catcher prospects. that could hit and give you a little thump too. Yeah, a little power. You know, try to right. find another. You know, it's hard to find Wilson Ramos's, but you know that's one thing. Once they traded him, they were missing for a while with some thump there. What I like about him is that all that you know they're going to manage to win over ninety games with, with predominantly with a core of guys that some of which haven't spent one year in the majors yet. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a full season. So, mm-hmm. um, they, these, these are young players and, and more down on the farm that have won championships. And, you know, these guys are going to get better. Imagine if they're all better. You know what I mean? This is what you expect them to develop and, and be more consistent and have better years. And, man, if all that transpires with the way they played already, you got a special group of players, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll wrap up tonight's questions. Cousin Eddie asked one. He says, now that you've been podcasting for a while, which do you prefer, <laughs> podcast or radio? <laughs> well, let's say radio pays better. <laughs> so, But I don't miss getting up at 5 a.m., although at times I feel like I'm doing overnight radio now uh, because we have some late nights. But, um, you know, the podcasting thing's cool. I, it, you know, I didn't know exactly how it was going to go, and, and I still don't know because we're kind of making it up as we go along here. But... Where I really think it's good is if um, on those times where we've had, you know, a lot of in-depth interviews. Like I love it when we're able to go. You know, you can go deep. You can go deep or narrow. You know, in radio, it's pretty surfacey when you think about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to go to break. Yeah, you, you know, you have commercials you got to hit and all this. You know, even though it's not like TV, they're not hard outs, but you still have to get out. So there's a lot more traffic to deal with, uh, obviously, than there is in a podcast, but. Um, so the format of podcasting I love. I still like terrestrial radio. I like to listen to it. Um, and I, I really did love, uh, you know, being being on DAE and being a, uh, you know, being a personality and, 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 you know, able to share 
and talk about all sports every single day and kind of deal with the topic of the day. But we do that now on Sports Day Tampa Bay, and there's no reason for you to listen to radio <laughs> except when I'm on. Except when I'm on, yeah. which is, uh, let's see. A couple uh, times a week, a, yeah. A couple times a week, Tuesdays at 1.30, uh, and then pregame and postgame, and then, uh, let's see, Sunday at uh, 9, uh, 10 a.m., 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah, 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so listen then. Uh, but after that, you get all you get all your sports right here. It's Sports Day Tampa Bay. There's yeah. no need. It's just stick with the podcast and and also make sure you go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Let's help those who help us. That's right, and he's our, one of our original sponsors. And now that we've got, well, we've got a lot of people. We got Millionaire, and we've got you know uh, Swim with the Manatees and all this stuff. But uh, May Electric Solar. Yeah, May Electric Solar, which is a new sponsor. So it's been great. People have come aboard. They like the podcast. Uh, hopefully, you guys are patron, you know, being customers of these folks because they're they're really good businesses and and they're going to help you out. So mm-hmm. tell them that you heard us, you know, heard them on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. But um, you know, if you go see Andy, he's going to give you twenty percent off, flat flat out, man, twenty percent off. And you too can dress like Ryan Fitzpatrick or actually Deshaun Jackson, and then borrow let let Ryan borrow your jewels. There you go. That you got it, Continental Wholesale Diamonds, and he'll wear them. After his latest win, that'd be cool. We should do that promotion. We should get Andy to dress Ryan Fitzpatrick. There you go, and let him get blinged out after every game. You know, just come up with a different like Conor McGregor look every week. It'd be cool. <laughs> I you love. Know, it. I have to talk Let's go to, to Andy. Let's that. give Andy a call. Andy would do it too. He'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah, man. Yeah, he'd love it. Although I hear that Fitzpatrick is one and done on that stuff, which is a shame. Because I think it could have become a real thing. You know? I don't know. Like he what? throws for another 400 yards and four touchdowns <laughs> on Monday night. He may not be allowed to be one and done. His teammates walk, might not allow him. Go walking up there like Mr. T. <laughs> it would be like every guy in the locker room gives him a piece of jewelry. Yeah. You know, you could literally like, you know, there's so many diamonds in that in that locker room. If they all put them together. Yeah, he goes 404. Yeah, he ain't, he's not stopping. Yeah, I think they'll probably make him wear something. That's what I mean. Know, to be yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. That one-on-one, one-of-one uh, pendant is going to be his for sure. <laughs> so, hey, guys, thanks for listening. We're here every Monday through Friday. We really appreciate uh, you guys making this podcast successful, and, and hopefully you, you know, you'll visit uh, all our sponsors as well. And we've got a busy week. Of course, it's Monday night football, so we'll have our preview for the Monday night game between Pittsburgh and the Bucks, and that will be uh, – you'll have that Monday morning for you or Sunday night late if you want to make sure you stay on hand for that. Uh, we'll see if the Rays, I mean, this weekend's going to tell a lot. You know, there's a bad loss for the Rays to Toronto. They definitely need to win all three of these. They have to sweep now, yeah. They definitely do over the weekend. And so you'll probably have a better idea on Monday whether they're going to make it or not and just sort of what their win total is going to be. And then the Lightning are getting closer and closer, Steve, to starting the regular season. They are. They're in uh, Nashville tonight for a preseason game. They're home Saturday night against Nashville. And then they've got three more preseason games against the Panthers next week. And then opening mm-hmm. night is Saturday, October 6th. Yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. I mean, this is a good time for Tampa Bay sports. When you see the season that the Rays have had, the Bucks mm-hmm. off to a fast start and lightning hockey yeah. just around the corner. USF so is hosting uh, ECU this weekend. Florida will play Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Good college games, yeah. yeah. UCF and FAU. Yes, that's on Friday. That that's tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of good college football over the weekend, I'm stoked about it. If we could just get the temperature under, mm, let's say, 90, 
That would be good. Let's try to see if we can get it down below 90. Yeah, we're setting like record highs or tying record highs like every day right now. It's unbelievable. Although although further north, it's the same thing. I know Charlotte's still in the 90s at this point. Well, you know what I read, uh, and this is good for me, and if you're thinking about uh, going to see the Bucks in Chicago and you want to get away from the heat, it's been hot up there this week. They've been around 92. But next next week, the high is in the 60s in Chicago. 60s high. So, baby, we're gonna breathe some. We're gonna breathe some nice dry air. It's gonna be fantastic <laughs> up there. I hope. The, I hope the Bucks uh, bring their winter gear. You know, they got to break out the parkas, and I mean, they might think that they're in a freezer if they go they up there. Got the and heated benches for sixty degree highs. Yeah, they might. I mean, think about it. I mean, they're down here in the volcano, you know, in the lava, practicing every day. Either, either that or they may go up to Chicago like Wednesday that week to practice. <laughs> That's right. Get used to it. Get used to the bad well. Well, elements, I just meant to get, out of the, just to get out of the heat. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they got, you know, they did, Dirk did take them inside finally. Um, you know, they got the indoor facility, which I think, look, if you're winning, it must be the reason. But, I mean, it's got to it's gotta help, right? Get those guys out of the sun. I mean, it was, I always love how you. I always love how everyone says, you know, well, the, you know, the teams that come down here aren't used to the heat and the teams here are, so... But the teams here are playing in the heat all the time. They're more tired. They live in it. They live they're, in it. They're and more they're, tired. They're, they're completely dehydrated. Yeah. No, they can't replace those fluids. For three hours, you can endure anything if you're hydrated. But if you're already But if you've been practicing about, it all week, you're already oh, at a disadvantage. It's brutal. It's just brutal. I don't know. You know, I don't know how they do it. They go out there and lose 10 and 15 pounds if you're a 300-pounder every day. Anyway, we don't like the weather. We want to change the weather. But the weather will be better for Chicago now, next week. Two months or week. so, we'll love the weather. Oh, yeah. Well, the good news is Monday night football. Yeah, at the new sombrero. We have, uh, you know, the, the, at least the sun will go down. Now, the way these storms have been whipping up around 5 and 6 o'clock every night. Yep. Buddy, you could have some gully washers. I haven't looked at the forecast, but hopefully the stadium won't be too flooded by the time they play that game. And, it's the, and be, the tailgate lots, too. Yeah, no, for sure. But it'll be exciting. Monday night football. Of course, coming up, and you can read a lot about it uh, over the weekend at TampaBay.com and in your Tampa Bay Times. So, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.